0: Friday, everyone. Welcome to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Berard. I'm your host, Michelle Berard, founder and CEO of Urban Book Editor. And I'm really happy to share this hour with you where we examine all those places where spirit meets life and the joys and challenges that may bring. Now you guys know I like to start by thanking Ms. Beverly Black and Tribe Family Channel for helping me create this space for us. Tribe Family Channel is home to an assortment of thought-provoking shows that explore life, spirit, business, and culture including The Woman at the Well, hosted by Ms. Beverly Black herself. Somewhere in the Middle was born on Tribe Family Channel. And though we have grown onto our own platform, we are ever grateful and loyal to our roots. To paraphrase an African proverb, we are here only because we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We took some time off, so the June 25th show was a replay of an interview I had with education mentor and author Darian Tanner. And I hope you enjoyed it. You can find our complete show archives, including the June 25th show at the the somewhereinthemiddlepodcast.com. I also want to shout out Bruce George of the Geniuses Common Movement, which encourages all of us to embrace our inner genius and share it with the world. This is a really important message. You guys know I feel like that. And it is something we need to share with the youth. But it's not just for the young people. Sometimes we all need to be reminded that the world needs our genius. Learn more about the Geniuses Common movement at www.geniusiscommon.com. Now I had a really great time chatting with this week's guests and I know you'll enjoy our discussion too. Petia Kolibova is a woman's transformation coach who helps women who have been pushed down and been playing it small due to toxic relationships or unhealed childhood trauma to create a life that is true to them and their soul's purpose. Her mission is to help women who are on the path to healing from past wounds move through their limiting beliefs and internal blocks so they can finally do what they want to do what feels good for them serve other women in a powerful way online petia pairs feminine flow with strategic planning to give entrepreneurs immense clarity and exact steps to transition from side hustler to ceo if she's not interviewing on her podcast unapologetically abundant working out or reading, you'll find her in nature, disconnecting from the world and connecting to herself. So I'd like to welcome Petia Kolibova to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Baroid. Petia, thank you for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And listen, you pronounce my name so perfectly.
0: I'm almost thinking that your heritage is Czech. <laughs> okay. And I'm glad you said that because I was going to be one of my first questions is where are you from? You have a beautiful accent and a beautiful name. Thank you. So
1: I feel like it's a little bit like a tricky question because I could be straightforward, but nothing in life is straightforward (laughs) as we both know. So raised and born, I was in Czech Republic, that it's the center heart of the Europe, close to Germany and Poland Mm -hmm. and Austria. So that's where I was raised and born. But then in my 20s, I moved to London. Then I live 40 years in Spain. So I'm also fluent in Spanish. And so that's why I feel like my accent, is kind of mixed you know Mm -hmm. like everywhere that I have traveled and now I'm home in Las Vegas for the last 11 years that's where we live with my husband too for right now we don't know where life will take us right now we are here my my name legally it's Petra Petra. but I never liked it because my mom when she was mad at me that was the only time when she would say Petra (laughs) otherwise it was like Peti, Petrushka, like really sweet, right? So when she said Petra, I'm like, what did I do? (laughs) And when I lived in Spain, people had a hard time to pronounce Peti. You know, that's Mm -hmm. how they call me in Czech Republic. So they started to call me Petia. I'm like, oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. So I kept it, you know, ever since I lived in Spain, which is like, my goodness, 15 years ago now.
0: Yeah. And there's something about the Spanish language. They, they do things with the words sometimes that make everything sound better. I feel
1: like it's the whole culture, really. Like when yeah. I live in Spain, I feel like Latinos in Spain are so proud. They're mm-hmm. so proud to be Spanish. They're so proud to be Hispanic. And then when I moved here in, in Las Vegas, I was surprised that people don't want to speak Spanish. They think it's mm-hmm. like... You know, like inferior. I'm like a oh, what? And I felt always like more Latina than the Latinas here. You know, yeah. I'm, like, I'm so proud to speak Spanish. I'm so proud, like dancing like Spanish songs, even though I don't know what I'm doing. It's just moving <laughs> to the rhythm, right? So I, I always felt like really proud to like Latina culture. It's so beautiful and and just I love it. You know, their food, their culture, family. It's beautiful.
0: Well, and I have not had the pleasure of going to Spain yet, but I know, I know. The food is excellent from what I know of Spanish food, meaning Spanish food from Spain in Central America. But my experience is in Central America and Mexico.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, okay. I, you know, Mexico, it's like so close to us, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. easy. But Spain, it has a different feel. I used to live one year in Sevilla and then I lived three years in Marbella. Marbella, mm. it's so beautiful. It's the southest part, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. in a nice day you can see like Africa, you know, the the lens of Africa.
0: So it's just I don't know, it's magical. That is magical. Okay, so we have gone way off topic because I usually start my interviews with two questions and I just started I launched into all kinds <laughs> of other stuff. But I do want to get to these two questions and the reason is I really believe that they help people understand, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of get that basis about you. So if you're ready, I'm going to ask my two questions. I'm open. Okay. Petia Kolibova. I hope I keep doing that. Right. Who are you and how did you become who you are today? Mm, I
1: love this question. And, you know, the first thing that comes to me, it's alignment. You know, mm-hmm. that's something that I became through the decades of being everything for everyone, really. Mm-hmm. Through my journey, I was people pleasing and really putting myself down and settling in toxic relationships and eating disorder, attempts of suicide. All these things brought me through so much darkness that I realize, and that's just now recently, you know, I'm almost 40 and I realized that alignment, it's really everything aligning with who we really are, aligning with our purpose, aligning with our truth. So I'm the alignment, you know, because when we're in alignment with who we truly are, we become the truth, we become the reason why we really came here. And I think that's so important instead of wearing all the masks and pretending and being everything for everyone, becoming yourself and being that reason why you came here. Mm
0: -hmm. It's so freeing. Yeah, yeah. So okay, you mentioned a lot of things. So I'm going to pull you back. You mentioned Eating disorders, you mentioned toxic relationships, and you mentioned suicide attempts. Where do you want to start? I have to, I have to ask. How do you, first of all, how did you get into let's say, what do you mean by toxic relationship? And how did you get into mm-hmm. a toxic relationship? So to really start like
1: from the beginning right let's go to complete complete beginning before I was even here so Mm -hmm. my mom was dating my uh, biological father for two years then they had the first encounter and she got pregnant so my whole life I and she got married just because it was the right thing to Mm -hmm. do and then they divorced when I was two because he was lying cheating and that's at least my mom's story right I then when I was 18 met him I'm like okay that really resonates that sounds about right (laughs) But when I came here, my whole life and the story that I created in my little mind was I'm an accident. I shouldn't be here. And my mom never even thought about, you know, like not having me. But I was always thinking, well, if she wouldn't have me, she could, um, you know, finish her career, do her school, be in better relationships. So I felt that she gave up on her life when she had me because she got pregnant when she was 17.
0: Okay. Okay
1: giving birth on april and on june she was 18 yes. so it it was just like becoming mom when she's still a girl right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that was the first step with saying that my mom got remarried when she was 5 and my stepfather was physically and mentally abusive of course not right at the beginning but you know a couple years later so The idea of me and relationship is that women have to serve, women have to shut up, women have to be like perfect, right? Doing all the things for men. And that was what I thought it's normal because I didn't see anything else. Mm -hmm. That's why I was always searching for a love outside of myself. I was outsourcing my worthiness from very, 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 very young age. You know, when I was looking for love, when I was looking for approval and when I was, you know, six years old, we moved from big city to a little town and I was bullied there because the kids, they're like, you know, they, they wouldn't say like directly, you don't belong, but who are you? Why did you come here? You know, and things like that. So I kept seeing in my life evidence that I shouldn't be here, that I don't matter when I was 11 years old, I developed eating disorder that I had for two decades because I was feeling so unlovable and so empty that the only comfort for me truly was a food because food doesn't talk back to you. Food is always there, right? It was Mm -hmm. my direct comfort. And then when I was 18, I ran away from home because my stepfather beat me up. I was in a relationship that resonated very much with how my stepfather was mm-hmm. because again i didn't know any better right mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what healthy relationship and even respecting yourself looks like mm-hmm. so i ran away from my ex-boyfriend who was 15 years older than me and he was very possessive very jealous i went to new school when i lived with him but to school and home. I couldn't go anywhere else. I couldn't speak with my, I couldn't even speak with my mother. He was jealous of my mother. He said that I'm putting my mother in front of him. So I was in such a dark space that I didn't want to live. And <clears throat> that was the time when I overdose on sleeping pills and, you know, wine and find myself the next day with pumped stomach in a hospital because, in his work, he was working construction, there was a machine that broke and he came home earlier. Oh, if he wow. would come At the regular time that he normally come, I don't think I would be sitting here. Wow. So that's kind of how I, you know, that's how everything started. Everything starts mm-hmm. really in our childhood, you know, when we creating ideas and stories of who we are. I thought that I'm unlovable because my younger brother was getting more attention and more freedom because girls don't go out and play with friends after dark, but my brother, it's like five years younger, running around and doing whatever he wants, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a boy, you know? Boy right. can't get in trouble. So that's what my life looked like. And then when I was 20, I left Czech Republic. I went to London. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to Spain and then I went to United States. I feel like I was just running, you know, I was exactly. thinking that you know when i' am in a better relationship, when I have a better body, when I uh move, when you know it was just really living in a when-land. when, when
0: when right. when everything will become better, but it didn't right. right so I'm curious, so you developed the eating disorder, you were in the bad relationship you attempted suicide when did you start to kind of move out of that what what was the catalyst was it when you started moving from country to country what what shifted things for you
1: i feel like it was like the gradual seeing what i don't want right because mm-hmm. when i moved from my country you know when i was 21 almost i moved with my ex-boyfriend the friend one okay <laughs> I moved with my ex-boyfriend and I was the one who was taking care of everything. I was going mm-hmm. to work full time. I was paying all the bills. I was, because he didn't speak much language, you know, we oh, moved to right. London. So I had to be taking care of everything and he became dependent on me. Before that I was emotionally dependent on him because I wanted to feel loved. Mm-hmm. And then I stepped into oh, I can be independent. Oh, I can be strong. I don't need anyone, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when I, you know, find out about these infidelities. And I feel like I just, it wasn't like quick or from day to day changing, but there was this gradual shift in what am I going to tolerate in my life and what I'm not. Right. What I'm going to say yes to and what not. So in my twenties, it was still like, 90% yes to everybody else but to me Mm -hmm. but then it started to gradually shifting and then I moved to Spain and then to United States because I got an opportunity to come here as a student you know I got Mm -hmm. a full scholarship that's when I moved from Spain and um, when I moved in here I got um, one year in here I got married with a guy who I knew from Czech Republic I knew him for 16 years back then not dating him but knew him for a very long time and I just felt really alone here Mm -hmm. I felt like people don't understand me and um you know it 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 was challenging in the beginning you know a a lot of like cultural shock I would say Mm -hmm. so I marry him because I'm like oh that way he can stay here with me you know and and we can build a life together but I married for um wrong reasons let's say And he was narcissistic and behind the closed door at our home, everything looked different than it looked on the outside that people could see. So I remember, and that was like a huge like shift for me and like aha moment that I will never forget. I... um. He always made me feel guilty when I was happy without him, when I wanted to do something without him. And when I went one time to yoga, never tried yin yoga before. I'm like, oh, let me try it. You know, I went and the teacher there said, this 60 minutes, it's just for you. Mm -hmm. Whatever weights you down, put it on the side of the mat. You can pick it up later, but this is your practice, your time, be here and now. Mm -hmm. The first thing that came up for me that I get that weighs me down was my husband. I'm like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. Like when you realize that you say yes to someone who, it's just like deep, deep inside, I knew it wasn't the way marriage could be. Right. <laughs> Let's put it this way. So um, that was like. I think a breaking point and I was almost 30 when this was happening and my eating disorder was really bad back then, very bad. Like I couldn't sleep, you know, I was very tired, um, with all the binging and purging. And I just, I was getting to the point that I didn't want to live really. And I'm like, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be going through these huge ups and downs. And I'm like, why am I even here? And that was the time that I started searching online for help. You know, that was a decade ago. So, right it wasn't as easy as nowadays when we go on podcasts and instagrams it was a little bit back then but not so much as now but i started to search like how to overcome eating disorder how to let go of you know your inner critic and negative thinking and suicidal thoughts and thankfully I found Louise Hay, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Joe Dispenza, uh, Tony Robbins, Les Mm -hmm. Brown. All these people became my mentors and all these people gave me hope. And that's what I needed, Michelle. That's what Mm -hmm. really started to shift everything for me. So like I said, I feel like the changes were really gradual for me. And I truly believe that in life, we don't get what we want, but what we need. Yes,
0: yes. And so what did you learn specifically from, let's say, Wayne Dyer? Oh, I love that you asked. Like each of them
1: has like a different lesson and meaning to me. But when I was, um, you know, listening to Wayne Dyer and like hearing all his like videos, one thing that really helped me when I was still working in a corporate job
0: Oh, it looks like the internet is going in and out, so hopefully the internet will hold up hold up for us. You're frozen okay. for me.
1: okay no, I can see you like I can hear you and I can see you.
0: Hopefully the internet will hold up for us. Um, yeah. you're frozen you. for me okay so <laughs> le- let me ask again. <laughs> Let me ask you again, what's one thing that you learned from, you know, Wayne Dyer? Let's say, let's start with Wayne. Wayne, I, I, I
1: love him. And the one thing that really completely changed my perspective about life, and the one thing that I was using when I was still in a corporate and knew I don't belong there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: was his quote when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I kept repeating it to myself every mm-hmm. single day, so many times, because my coworkers were. Like the company that I work for, they grow so quickly that they hire a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And then those new people, they were not the core of the company. The people who really deeply care about the company, they just Mm -hmm. came for a paycheck. And that was just upsetting me because anything I do, it's just like my own, right? Right. And so seeing that was upsetting for me and I knew I cannot change them. But Mm -hmm. when I change how I look at them, I can change how I feel And when I change how I feel, the things around me will change because I won't be frustrated and angry. Mm -hmm. And so that was a huge lesson that I keep reminding myself
0: even nowadays. Mm -hmm. And what changed when you decided, okay, I've got to look at this differently. What changed around you? So what
1: changed really was like my energy and like I wasn't getting upset with people I let go I release I started to trust And then I also started to look at, okay, if I am not leaving yet this company, I'm still working here, Mm -hmm. what can I do? So it's a positive for me. So I started to take it as a school and learning like, okay, if I would have one day my business and mind you, when I was thinking this, I never thought about me having my own business because I thought it's too much work and now I'm working two days a week. so. (laughs) It's like the, the beliefs. It's all yeah. beliefs, Michelle. Think about it. I was thinking is. that making money, it's hard. Own your business, it's hard. Right. When you have a business, you forget about your family because mm-hmm. you're working so hard, right? And first couple of years of my business were like that, but I had different business. It was social media marketing. Uh, yeah. Now I am like my own boss, meaning I work whenever I want. I have two days a week. I'm spending a lot of time with my family traveling. Thank God that I created the job that I have because I was able to spend the last month of life of my grandma who was my angel and my everything. Because if I'm working nine to five, I couldn't do that, you know?
0: It looks like the internet is going out again.
1: Uh. Yep, you freeze for a moment.
0: Wait, yeah, hang on. It looks like it went out again. I would love for you to start with thank God for being able to create your own job because being able to spend time with your grandmother. Yeah. Because and- that's where we dropped off.
1: Yeah. You know, it's for me, when I'm looking at it now, I'm telling myself, thank God for the life that I created. Thank God that I'm not in corporate nine to five, because Mm -hmm. this way I was able to travel to Czech Republic and spend the last month of my grandma's life. And I didn't even know it's the last one. She got a stroke when I was with her, when I was taking care of her. And when I was leaving the hospital, because I had to travel back to United States, Mm -hmm. Deep, deep in my heart, I knew it's the last time I'm seeing her. And it was just broken hearting, but mm. it's just heartbreaking. But I am so thankful. I was with her for a month, every single day. And just being in her presence, it's yeah. everything, you know? So... Mm. When I look back, I'm really surrendering to the knowingness that everything is always working out for us. Even when we don't understand it, even when it's painful, even if it doesn't make a sense in that moment, you know, when I got fired from my corporate job, it didn't make sense to me because I thought I will retire in that company. I didn't want to be entrepreneur. And then I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Well,
0: became entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. The mother, the mother of everything is necessity, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting though. You said something about being able to, you created, you said, create, that was the the word that I got from you. You created your job. Mm -hmm. How did you decide to create this? Obviously there was a necessity to bring in some cash, right? Yeah. But how'd you decide I'm going to create my own opportunity?
1: I feel like first of all, the the first answer would really comes to me, it's we are all creators. We are creating our own lives and and reality, nothing is really happening to us. We are the creators. And when we realize that it's empowering versus loving and as a victim. That's why I like using I created that, right? Whether it's whether it's amazing or whether it sucks, I created it, right? So it's not just like, oh, I created these beautiful and amazing opportunities. I created all the relationships that were drawing me. I created eating disorder. All all of that right so i am mm-hmm. taking radical responsibility for that but i feel like with me from very early age i followed my intuition even if it was crazy when i lived in spain that was in 2008 2009 when I got invited to come to the United States and that was right before the crisis hit right before yeah. I didn't know that that if I would stay in Spain I would most probably lost my job because 30% of the people in town were unemployed right yeah. and it kept rising so for me when I got this invitation I'm like okay why not and mm-hmm. back then it didn't make any sense Like. <laughs> my life i'm living on a beach i'm living in spain my life is good i have a great work right Mm -hmm. but i'm like okay let's do it and thank god again that i did it because i got my education here my you know associate and bachelor's and mba you know I, i i you know take all the um all the things that i could but back then the crisis hit and i'm like oh good now i'm a student here now i'm working part time as marketing research analyst mm-hmm. so i learned to trust my intuition and when i was back in corporate um everything is just like falling into the place. You know, Steve Jobs, he says like, you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You connect the dots looking backward. Again, in the moment, it might not make sense. But now when I look back, you know, coming here to United States and then working in corporate, I did fitness competitions. And those fitness competitions led me to the office job that I had. And then when I was in the office job, the environment there become really toxic, meaning people complaining, people mm-hmm. talking behind each other's back. I just can't take it. I, I don't. I don't want to participate in that. So instead of listening to the coworkers who are complaining about life and how everything is bad, mm-hmm. for the first time in my life, I started to listen podcasts.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Listening to the podcast, I found, and and I was just going on iTunes and positive or motivational podcasts. So I, I listened to something positive in my work and I found my first mentor, Rob Dial. I just love his podcast. I'm like, oh my God, like everything he's saying, it resonates so much. I want him to teach me. I want him mm-hmm. to be my coach. So I was like stalking him. I was like messaging him <laughs> on Instagram. I was emailing him. I was like, hey, are you taking clients? I want to be your client. And he was like, I'm not taking any now, but you can, you know, join a wait list, whatever. Anyways, he became my coach. We started working together, which was like my first experience with like, mem- you know, mentorship for life. Hey. Right. And then he was building his social media and he was like, Hey, I, I need some help. Would you be open to trade? I'm like more than happy. Right. Because I used to manage social media in my corporate job, right. started to manage social media in one of his life calls. I connected with one of his clients mm-hmm. and she was like, Hey, what are you doing? I love your energy. I am like, I'm working in corporate and also doing social media. She was like, Oh, I might need your help. Can I hire you? I'm like, Great. So now I have two clients. Then I got fired from corporate and I have two clients for social media that doesn't cover all the bills, right? Back really? then I was very much undercharging. <laughs> but everything you see, it's just like when you allow yourself to follow the steps, take one step, the second step will unfold. And like I said, just like follow these nudges. I feel like the universe, God, whatever you believe, just breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, that's oh, exactly God. what I was thinking, breadcrumbs. Yeah. That's,
1: what- <laughs> that's what I was following. And let me tell you, like Les Brown said, I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I, miss, I, I met Les Brown a couple of years ago here and I was in Mastermind where he was. And it's amazing. Like so many people that I was looking up to, you know, meeting in person like Jay Shetty mm-hmm. or Les Brown, you know or interviewing them on my podcast it's creating the life day by day step by step even when it was painful even when it was not yet making money you know it's like you
0: just gotta be resourceful yeah well talk about that piece right because you talk to a lot of well you listen to a lot of different coaches i I like listening to everybody because i think you can learn something from everyone right but what you have to do in my opinion is kind of separate the wheat from the chaff. Know what is, you have to have discernment as they might say, right? But what I hear a lot of coaches kind of imply is that, oh, you can make tons of money real, real fast. And I'm not sure that's always the case. What do you feel about that?
1: Oh, wow, I love how you said it. What do you feel about it? Not what do you think about it, Michelle? That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that because I truly like it's it's a, it's a feeling, right? It's not like let me get in my head and calculate that. So I feel like it's a yes and a no, mm-hmm. <laughs> because in my first business, I was working very, very hard, Michelle, seven days a week. I was social media marketing manager. So I was creating posts, creating images, captions, everything for my clients and freaking out. Like when when one time I was in the mountains, I was supposed to study and make a post and there was no reception and there was supposed to be, mm-hmm. I freaked out. My clients will fire me. I wouldn't have money to pay my bills, like complete freak out. I was like... Took my dog, went for a walk, come two hours later after the walk, feeling great, internet is working. I done in 30 minutes what I would normally be doing in hours, right? Because I was recharged and gave myself permission. But in my first business, I was working very, very hard because I didn't know my worth. I really didn't value myself. I was proving myself to others. Oh, look at me, look at me, you know, like I can do this and I would work with anyone anyone right. just to pay my bills right and it was challenging because some people are just not your people and you have to be like validating yourself and proving yourself mm-hmm. so that was challenging and as i was growing i'm like i am really actually good in what i'm doing like this is valuable this is not right. a couple hundred dollars a month this is like you know hundreds of dollars a month how much time it takes me like oh my gosh if we would calculate how much hours i was working and how much i was paid it was bad, yeah. really. So in my first business, I struggled. In my second business, it was I was going from social media marketing agency into doing life coaching for women because I was burned out. I was sick. I was tired. Literally, mm-hmm. I was sick all the time because I was working all the time and not taking right. care of myself. And besides that, training a lot, you know, at the gym, right. so I was exhausted. And so I asked myself, I like, well, this cannot keep going like this. It can. So what is that I can do? And what is that really bring me joy? Because I really want to enjoy joy and more peace than working really, really hard for a couple hundred dollars. Right. So I'm like, okay, I love working with women. I don't want to be doing the work for them, but I'm really good. I saw the difference when I did the work for my clients, created the caption image, everything. Right. My client's disconnected and my deep desire, is for people to connect deeply and be loyal instead of disconnect and go do whatever you want to do. And it's taken care of. It's great to have a team and delegate. Yet you still get to be energetically invested in your business or Mm -hmm. people won't come because they won't trust you. Even if they don't understand, you're not invested. They won't invest in you right i'm like okay let's not do the work for them but when i was telling my clients what to do and they did it that's when they had their results so it was like really like looking at what is working and what i want to do so i started as a life coach then mindset coach then business coach then abundance like i am changing and what i'm teaching is changing but the core Mm. it's always the same it's the alignment right funny enough i don't know if you know about the human design I've heard of it. Talk to me about it. So human design, it's uh, basically a system that shows you who you are, why you came here. Imagine like a a graph of your Mm -hmm. body and Mm -hmm. all... Human design encompasses all other modalities like chakras, I Ching, Kabbalah, astrology, numerology, all these beautiful things all in one. So you can really mm-hmm. get deep, deep understanding of who you are and also others. Mm-hmm. So I learned about human design and that's what I'm studying and using with my clients now too, because mm-hmm. I learned that, you know, forget personality tests. When you ask me one question, I will answer tomorrow differently. Right human design, it's done by the hour, by the minute, by the place, by the, you know, the energies Mm -hmm. that were in the planets as you were born. So that's set and done. And then you can Mm -hmm. go and study it until the end of your life to understand it. But the basics are, are, you know, like easy to understand. Mm -hmm. And I learned that my purpose and it says on my chart is alignment.
0: Wow.
1: And I learned that recently, just like a few weeks ago, but then I, again, I look back and I was like, Oh my gosh, that makes sense. So my mentor, because now I have three mentors, (laughs) you know, one of them, it's for human design. And she said, your purpose is to align others with their purpose through nurturing and sensitivity. I was always thinking I'm too good to other people and they will take advantage of me, but I'm a nurturer. It lights me up. So instead of seeing that as a people pleasing and, you know, things like that, right. I recognize I'm a nurturer and that's who I am. And that's who I always will be. But I'm here to nurture people into their purpose. I, I don't stand for go and work hard and hustle. And I just, right. too tiring. Been there, done then. When you look at Tony Robbins and when you look at Gary Vee, right? Like Tony mm-hmm. Robbins, it's for family. Right. I know working insane hours and days too, but- He's for family and community. It's like lone wolf and working really hard and hustling doesn't resonate with me, you know? So
0: alignment is the key, really. Yeah. I have to ask you something because you said something interesting. You said something about not knowing your worth, you were undercharging and you were willing to work with anybody. It was- How does- uh, I want to ask, how does- that show up for people in other businesses?
1: Mm, It shows up as bitterness and frustrations and working really hard and proving yourself. And- I am now, as I mentioned, Michelle, I'm working two days a week. I'm only working with my soulmate clients, women I really love and women who are here to help others. Mm -hmm. So women who come to me, they have a deep desire to help others. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's mothers, whether it's Reiki masters, whether it's coaches, I work with therapists, lawyer, doctor, Mm -hmm. nurses, like really the occupation doesn't matter, but the women who come to me want to help others.
0: And how does a new business owner, let's say a new business, new entrepreneur, a mompreneur, whoever, how does she find her, what'd you call them? Soulmate clients?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. I I feel like everything you're asking me have like a freebie for it. (laughs) So attracting your soulmate clients, the easiest thing it's really to be unapologetically you, truly, because if you're not being yourself, you're sending a mixed signals out there And Mm -hmm. people wouldn't trust you. You know, it's like when you meet someone, you either like them or you don't, and you just know it right away. Mm -hmm. That's what people have with you, whether it's in person or online. When you're being authentically you, you will realize that you will be heck yes for some and heck no for another ones. But you won't be concerned about the heck no or the maybes because you are so deeply involved and devoted to a heck yes that you're not going to waste your energy to proving yourself you're not for everybody and you're not meant to be, but your voice. And that's why I love Michelle, what you're doing, your stories, sharing your stories will deeply resonate with some. I got so many clients who reach out to me because they heard me on podcast, either mine or somebody else's. They're like, wow, I resonate so deeply. Like, can you help me? I want to feel better. I want to feel alive and not stuck. And like, there is just so much shame and guilt in women when they are wanting to be themselves and wanting to be free because they're like, well, does that make me selfish? Does that make me arrogant?
0: Does it make me egoistic? But it doesn't. You know, you didn't say the word, does it make me a B word? That's what, (laughs) that's that's really what (laughs) Some of them are like, uh, I don't know, they might be calling me the B word if I act like like me, if I say what I have to say, right? And the thing,
1: it's like, there were so many things that I'm like, who who would even care? Who would even listen to me? You know, I'm 150,000 downloads on my podcast, right? And when I started, I'm like, I'm talking here to my wall, to myself, right? <laughs> I'm like, who would even care? And now when I look at in how many different countries my, my podcast is being listened, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's it's beautiful and amazing, you know? So. Yeah. People need to be really sharing their truth and who they are, because again, they're not for everyone. And it's fascinating. This um, afternoon, I was driving from an appointment and I was listening to Instagram live from, I don't know if you know her, Dr. Shefali? No. No she is absolutely amazing incredible she just launched a book um radical awakening which is for women for women to awaken and she said that she was a guest on tom bill tom billy it's the you know founder of quest Mm -hmm. she was a guest there and she was like there were so many men who were like saying so many negative comments you know like you're making this up. There is no toxic masculine. Why would women need to rise up and all these things. Right. And then there are women on the other hand, and they're like, Oh my gosh, I fall that it's just me. And I, you know, like I always like shut up and in my light, and I was afraid of my family and there are no boundaries, you know, and things like that. So again, like there was, when I was looking at her Instagram, there was like 300 people watching her live.
0: Wow. And,
1: um, there were so many mixed comments you know like some like rooting for her some like this is crazy what are you saying right Mm -hmm. and you just keep going you gotta keep going because imagine when i was 18 or when i was getting in my 30s and i was thinking about taking my own life i need somebody to stand up i need somebody to give me hope i needed somebody to tell me just keep going this is not it so mm-hmm. imagine if we shut up, Michelle, and don't share our stories, don't share our truth. There are other women suffering quietly because we women, we are very good in that. We keep ourselves. Oh, busy, yeah. <laughs> take care of the family and everybody else. And they're like, just suck it up another day. Right. Right. Not the
0: life. Well, you know, and it's funny because, you know, my business is urban book editor and I help self-published authors for the most part. That's my primary market. And some people i think are really nervous to share their stories and especially if they have memoir yeah the memoir writers are like i don't know if i can say this i don't know if i can write this or you know i had a call earlier today where she's like should i include my story in this i'm like yeah it's going to help frame the whole book that you're doing right Okay, just so you know, my beautiful puppy has come in. So that's the racket that you're hearing right now. And now I wanna see the puppy. She's so beautiful. Let's see if she can get up here. Abby, you wanna jump up so so she can see you? Come here, come on, jump up, come on. Let's see if I can turn her around. Abby, she's so big now. She is about 40 pounds.
1: Oh my God. She's a pit
0: bull puppy
1: oh i used to have pitbull in czech republic oh my god you are so beautiful
0: oh my god you absolutely so amazing awesome. oh I know, baby i know you want to go outside okay like, give
1: me a minute <laughs> oh gosh i love dogs i used to have pitbull in czech republic she was like a
0: beige color they're so smart she is the smartest dog um And she's become enormous very quickly. She's only five and a half months.
1: Oh my gosh. So I have a dog. She's like 11 pounds. Okay.
0: Oh yeah. No, she would jump on your dog and terrify her probably. Um, (laughs) So she, and now she's bringing me her stuffed animal because she wants me to play with her. So, but we are close to the end. So (laughs) I guess her timing is pretty good. I just wanted to ask, First of all, how, what three things, if you had three pieces of advice for someone who wanted to, I don't know, start their own business or go out on there or, or change your career, because really the advice that you can give is for a lot of different things. It's not just for starting a business. If you had three pieces of advice, what would they be?
1: the first like automatically what really comes to me it's be yourself truly Mm -hmm. like you are perfectly made for your purpose the reason why you're here it's to be yourself not like everybody else Mm -hmm. second would be really get to understand yourself what do you stand for what are your core values what are your non-negotiables in your life and then align your life with that because knowing who i am and what i stand for truly changed my life that's why Got divorced, you know, quit my first mm-hmm. business because I wasn't aligned with my core values. And then the last one is live for now. You know, I, I truly feel that we're so stuck on when, when I release weight, when I have a more money, when I have a better relationship. And we are living in a future in the when land, as I like to call it. So live for now. And find the appreciation in what is and find the positive aspects, even about the things that are weighing you down and you feel that are not working. Because I truly believe in my heart that when you can find the appreciation in what is, when you can really um, stand in this present moment, mm-hmm. and that's when you can really create the abundance and alignment in your life, not in the future, not when something happens, but here and right now. So really invest the time to sit down and write a positive aspect in what's working in your life. And from there, I can promise you more things that align with it will come.
0: Definitely. Well... Thank you for that, because I think people need to hear that, you know, Um, how can people connect with you? So my favorite
1: place is Instagram, just my name, Petia Kolibova. Now you know how to pronounce it perfectly. <laughs> or just my website, you know, PetiaKolibova.com. I think those are my two favorite places to hang out. Or I have a free Facebook group, An Apologetically Abundant woman. That's for ladies only, you know, to where I do my trainings and post and have a speaker guest.
0: Well, I will be signing up for your Facebook group. And... I hope everybody else is listening. All the other women who are listening will also do so. So let me spell your name just so that they know. It's dot com is your website, right? Yes. And they can find you the same way on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Petia, thank you so much for being on Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Barrard.
1: Thank you so much for having me. What an amazing work you're doing. And give a kiss to your
0: puppy. I'm obsessed with your puppy now. (laughs) Ah, well, you have to make your way out to scenic Snellville, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta so you can come visit her. Mm, Would love to. (laughs)
1: In summer, it's beautiful.
0: (laughs) It is so beautiful outside right now. That's what she wants to go back outside. We're going to sit outside and enjoy the cooling off evening and the lightning bugs and all of that.
1: Please do have a beautiful night. And thank you again for having me. What an honor.
0: Thank you. Well, that's our show this week, guys. You can reach out to me online at urbanbookeditor.com or michellebarard.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram as Urban Book Editor. Send me a note. I'd love to hear from you feel free to send in some topics you'd like us to cover on the show. Make sure you tune in to the show on August 27th, when my guest will be small business financial consultant Damari Gold. You can find us once a month on Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern at the Somewhere in thesomewhereinthemiddlepodcast.com. Let's continue the conversation. You guys be good, stay mindful, and remain prayerful. Peace and blessings, y'all.